Hey, welcome back to the show, Darnell Miller. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's good to have you back on, on season two. We changed the name. Uh, something came from Baltimore. Thank you for listening to another Something Came From Baltimore. I'm your host, Tom Gowker, and on the phone we have Darnell Miller. He just released an EP called Jesus and Jameson, which we will be sharing with you in a future episode. On season one, Darnell counted down his top five male artists of all time. And on season two, we changed the name and we changed the game. Now I'm giving my top five and he's giving his top five of the women. Some controversy, some excitement. You got to listen to find out. Um, I looked at your list. You looked at mine. I The only thing that we have in common is our number one, which is pretty interesting. At least we agree on that. I don't think we're going to fight about any of these. I don't think we're going to fight either. Though. No, but let's do your honorable mention because five wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, look, you know, when you do these lists, there's so many, like, there's so many. And, you know, I'm musically, I'm fluid. So, like, I could, like, one group of singers one day and then the next day. Like, I mean, you know, you have Brandies, you have the Lettuces, you have Tierra. There's so many great, Layla Hathaways, so many great female singers. But, like, at the moment, the ones I usually always go back to are these particular ones sometimes, you know. A lot of people are talking about how R&B, we don't know where it's at, we don't know what's going on with R&B. She is a legit, real R&B singer. And she's got the skills, man. I, I love Tamia. And um, the song that I was that I think of now is she did a cover of Denise Williams' Black Butterfly. Now you're free And the world has come to see Just how proud and beautiful you are Black Butterfly Uh, my second honorable mention yeah oh man is uh patty austin but the thing i like about patty austin is that she's so precise like she could sing anything and she could emote that song perfectly every word she emotes it perfectly again she's another product of quincy jones yeah. i mean but like she is the spot on she is the most that i've heard in a long time still spot on dead on she emotes the character of each song and she doesn't sound the same with each song she's perfect Tom's choices are being added on this time. That's me. And when I looked at these, I felt embarrassed because, okay, these are artists that how I look at it is that I will go to these albums from these artists all the time. And I know that technically there are people who sing better. And uh, uh, Cassandra Wilson's in my top 10. I was going to bump some of these people just to show that I have mm -hmm. better taste. And then I said, you know what? Just you can't, you can't, don't be fake. So. I, I'm giving you my top five. I'm going to do my five. You do your five. We'll just keep them in that direction. 
Um, okay. my, my fifth on the list is Alicia Keys. My reasoning for that is there's something that goes on with Alicia and me. We have a really funny relationship. She'll put out an album and I'll immediately hate it. And I'll put it on the shelf. And, and I'm not emotionally ready for it. I'll pull it up about maybe six months, maybe even a year. And I will play that album to death. I, it's happened to every single album of hers where my first reaction is like, mm, it's not going to work. And then um, I'll pick it up and then it's my favorite album. Um, Elements of Freedom was like that. Songs in A Minor uh, which was her debut in 2001. One of my favorite songs of all time is the song I'm picking, is which I find is the, one of the most beautiful sentiments of a, a love song that I've ever heard. If I ever got married, if, when, ever. Um, that would be my walk down the aisle song. So, yeah, 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 how about that? All right, well, who's your fifth? Oh, do you have any comments on Alicia Keys? I have no comments other than Prince said she was a genius. If I had no more time, no more time left to be here, would you cherish what we had? My fifth is one of the most slept-on, underrated vocalists of all time right now, Kiki Wyatt. Kiki Wyatt is better than Adele, better than Jesse J. I will put money on it. Like, she is the best vocalist right now. She's the most versatile vocalist right now. There is nobody that could sing like Kiki Wyatt. Like, she, did a, she just did a covers record, and she does Love on Top. Forget about it. Yeah, she, forget that. about it. I mean, Kiki White is phenomenal. Now, now, there are questions as to why, like, why hasn't she gotten bigger than what she is? And everyone has remarks that, you know, she's just, she might be a little bit crazy. She might, whatever, I don't know. So I'll tell you what, I don't care. Like, if I was a record exec, I'd be like, look, I don't care if you're crazy or not. I'm going to make sure that you are that you become a star. Mm. She is the most, for, like, bar none. She can go to toe-to-toe with anyone. She can go to toe-to-toe with Celine Dion. I put money on it. And the, the song I chose was her rendition of um, Tennessee Whiskey. And I love Chris Stapleton. I'm a, I think he's phenomenal. And her version just really is so great. And it, it reminds me of, like, an Etta James. She almost reminds me of like that same energy that Etta James has. Like your love that gets me Okay, you're number four. You're yeah. number four. Okay, our four is this is my part where I basically apologize, and it's not really that the singer. You you better not apologize <laughs> for this one. Okay, all right. So I love the production value of any Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis record, and Janet Jackson is to me is a voice that is not strong, but they knew what to do with her, and what they did with her is is create gold. Every single album that's a Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis recording for Janet Jackson is 
phenomenal from beginning to end. Rhythm Nation, to me, is one of my top five albums of all time. From beginning to mm-hmm. end, there's so much stuff going on on each track and the, the brilliance and the creativity that's put on that. And she's not just brought in to say, okay, now you sing over these tracks. She was she seems to be woven and integral to everything that's going on. So she's a part of that. Um, a lot of times people pay producers who are great and say, give me an album that's quality and let me let me make some money off of it. And and the Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis and Janet Jackson combination, it feels like they've worked all together. They were able to create some something very sonic and original. And every album of, of that collaboration to me is gold. What do you think? Mm, I think, I, number one, I think Janet Jackson is a force. I mean, all you have to do is listen to uh, Come Back to Me. Mm-hmm. And I've heard Jimmy Jam and Terry say, well, you know, Janet just trusted us. You know, sing this note, sing that note. But you have to be able to sing the note in order, you know what I'm saying? To get those layers, the layers. It's her harmony. Her harmony, like, no one can do that like Janet does. And let's face it, Rhythm Nation's in, like, one of your top five. I mean, Michael Jackson chased Rhythm Nation until the day he left this earth. Yes. He tried... He tried to make that album, and like I don't, I don't think that number four is a, a bad. I think it's a great choice. And Janet Jackson is part of the Minneapolis soundtrack. I mean, there's so many things about Janet, and I feel like she doesn't get the respect. First. I will put on a Janet Jackson album like the Velvet Rope or Janet or um, all mm-hmm. all for you, and it to me feels like it's a it's a wealth of memories, but it also feels very fresh because there's so mm-hmm. much stuff going on in each song, and and I and I start to love it all over again. I, I can't help it. Janet's in there. She's my number four. For four, I have I had to go back into my old bag. I have Cece Winans. The thing about Cece Winans is, first of all, she can go toe to toe with Whitney. <laughs> yeah, and they sound I mean, great together. And they sound great together. Who else can go toe to toe with Whitney? And just Cece's tone. Um, I've seen Cece Winans live a few times, and. She's really electrifying, very quiet and very, but she's really electrifying. And she really, you know, for what she does, she has a great body of work. Yeah. Um, especially this new record, which is very retro. She took a chance and like, you know, started doing stuff that maybe people in her genre don't normally do right now. But she took a chance and did like some really Phil Spector sounding stuff, some, you know, Leonard Skinner sounding stuff. Like she really... Took it back, and the song that I chose is actually on her new album called Lowly, and it has like a southern rock vibe. Really cool. And she's just, she's another versatile singer, you know. And I like singers that have tone, and but I also love singers that can make you feel exactly what they're saying. And Cece can do that like no one else.
Um, you know, it's uh, funny. I beg for the time that BB and CC Wine and get back together again. I don't know what the <laughs> problem is because, you know, uh, as a child, um, growing up on those songs, they together just really create a magic for me. And uh, someday, hopefully, they'll get back together. I don't know. You, you know what it might be is that nobody, like the climate is not open to receiving those type of albums anymore. Think about different lifestyles. Think about Heaven. Beautiful. Two two great albums. I think the climate has changed so much that if an album like that came out now, nobody would listen. I don't know. Maybe they would. But I think BB and CC are phenomenal together. And even their last album was really great. And I, I know that the story was that they were initially signed as they were signed to be together and then be apart and be together and be apart. So I don't know. I would love to see them do one more album with Keith Thomas as their producer and Angie and Debbie singing backgrounds, like all the stuff that made them like made those albums great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, just amazing. Good stuff. And I know that they keep on coming out with these compilation greatest hits albums and they're just not hitting all my songs that I love. However, no. it's still great to know that they're, you know, it's there as a reminder. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I do love them. They're awesome. Hey, yeah. so and their Christmas album is crazy. Yeah, it's great. It's not yeah. long enough. That's the only problem. No, uh, no. <laughs> it's a great album. So we're, I'm at my number three. So I am doing uh, something I'm very proud of, and it's uh, Charday. Uh, my song I picked is "Your Love Is King." It's from the first album. It's a 19. 19- 1998 Diamond Life album and the reason is this woman refuses to put a bad album out um, she defied the, the current sound the pop sound that, that happened in 1986 um, there was a, a, a British wave of like the style council and Charday at that time period where um, it was really um, really well-produced albums, very slick and glossy. And all those other people kind of slid off the face of the earth, and Charday just continued to do what she does best. This, she's uh, multi-formatted. She goes all over the place. You can, uh, she's very portable. Um, can be played on any radio station at any time to represent how quality she is. Um, Your Love is King is it, it blew you away then, and the whole album will blow, blow you away right now. I mean, I think that you, I really think that you kind of said it all. Like, there's no one like Sharday. No one. No one. And the fact that she could step away for years and come back and do an album and it do great, you know, and she has, she's, she's one of those artists that still has a sound and she doesn't, she doesn't, she does not deviate from that. Like, no matter what's going on, she, she knows she's Sharday. When she puts out an album, she knows, like, this is what the people are expecting of me. And she she delivers every time. Kind of like the male version of that, I like in that, is Maxwell. Yeah, you know? you're right. Hey, perfect. And the, what a, what... Yeah, I think, 
that's that's he's the male version of Sean that he could be away for like four or five years, come back, but it's the same sound, and we love it, and we eat it up. You know, I love Sade. Yeah. I love the tone of her voice. I love the smokiness. Yeah. Let's go to number three. This is a, a controversial one, but I totally uh, I get what you're going with. Go ahead and give it to me. Well, my number three is um, Kimberell. And all I can think of is when me being like a young, young, really young cat, and I was touring with all these like really young gospel groups, all the musicians would be like, yo, you got that new, you got that Kimberell. I thought Kimberell was a, a musician, a guy musician mm-hmm. named Kimberell. Like, because all the musicians talk talk about Kimberell. I never, I never heard a singer that musicians talked about. So when I finally heard her, I was like, "You've got." To, and this was like way. This was like early, early on, like ten, maybe more years ago. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I've never heard anyone like this. The song I chose, well, I I couldn't pick. There were so many songs, but two that stuck out to me was over and over again just because the song is just so amazing like it where it goes you know it's just no one can sing over that stuff for her or and then she and then she does a rendition of someone to watch over me which is gorgeous but the thing about kim is that like you can't deny her like she influenced generations of singers every singer that you hear now mm-hmm. the harmonies the everything like she's influenced them from gospel to R&B to pop. Like you can hear her influence in everyone. And, you know, if Harry Connick Jr. likes her, she can't be, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I mean, she's just, she's just phenomenal. And I just wish that she would make one more good album with the right producer. I think that's the issue with her. Like she has never, her, it's never translated into sales for her. Never. Yeah. And I think it's it, because, and then also the, the whole, because she's with Church of God in Christ. And Church of God in Christ has this, they really have a legacy of like singers that have the ability to cross over, but then something snatches them. Like Tremaine Hawkins, she crossed over to the mainstream and the church guilted her into coming back. Clark Sisters, the same way. And Kim is like really a descendant of the Clark Sisters. Kim has the potential to be like, the most phenomenal singer in the world, but like something, well, a lot of things <laughs> pull her, pull her back. One of them, the main thing is just like having that one consistent album. Yeah. Well, I remember the first two albums that came out. The first one was, oh my God, Kim Burrell. So, you know, you, you had to search that album. I know the album stayed on the chart yes, for, for yes. about two years. Yes. The second album was like, oh my God, it, it's the Kim Burrell album. People were, were holding it up like it was a piece of like jazz art, you know. So, you know, it was like they were. Uh, uh-huh, they were. They were talking. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone had to have it. Everyone wanted to touch it. Couldn't Yo, wait to see she, what what was going on with her. I mean, the reaction that she gets, the reaction that she gets from people, like when she sings, people scream, they yell, like they just because it's like they've never. She's phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. she really is, man. And I, you know, regardless of whatever, you can't deny that talent. There's a man that I am longing to see. I know that he will finally be the 
Okay, so we had a pre-conversation on two. Um, we are going to probably have to edit the, the heck out of this one because we're just having a good time talking about this. Uh-huh. Uh, the person that I picked is someone who we both agree it's time to uh, take the, the dirty laundry and the, the the baggage that goes around this person and get rid of it and really just focus on the quality of her performances and the quality of her tone and the phenomenal songs that she sang. And I'm talking about Whitney Houston. I feel that she's my second artist of all time. I, I think mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Gra- the Greatest Love of All is just an example of a really good song turned into a phenomenal song. Oh, man, Whitney, she's the voice. Like, what Like what? What else can we say? She, like, she was dubbed the voice. You chose Greatest Love of All. I would have chose that. I probably would have chose, you know, a song that, I would have chose probably so emotional. <laughs> I don't no, know. I mean, what are you going to pick? Just, yeah, it's like yeah. she could just sing, man. She could just. There's no one. I believe that in you and me. What she did. Yeah. Again, she's another. She's another singer that has influenced a whole generation of singers and still does. So it's like it's time to let go of the crap and just like really give her respect and honor her legacy. Yeah. Honor her legacy. Let's go to your yes. number, number two. My number two is uh, someone that you don't hear much Not at about all. these days. Um, Betty Carter. Her improvisational game is off the charts. Mm-hmm. And I love that how, you know, where maybe Ella did one thing, improv a certain way, Sarah improv a certain way, and that was like the popular way of improv. Like Betty Carter she took it to a whole other level. And then, you know, she added social commentary into her songs. I mean, she was really, really great. She was hip. And she was hip all the way, you know, all the way to the end. Like, she's really hip. Mm-hmm. Really hip singer, too. The way she connected with musicians and worked with musicians was great. Like, the song I chose was Sounds. Make, 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 make your choice. And you go you do your thing you you will find that your grass it will turn green so we got yeah all right so we're both at number one and we both agree on what number one is i'm having a blast with this but it's only fair since you're the guest for you to break out who this person, <laughs> who break out who this mystery number one is that we both agree is the best singer, female singer of all time. Who who is number one for you? So, our number one, we um, we both we both agree that we both came to this conclusion without even talking. That's right. Um, my number one is Tom's number one, and that's Ella Fitzgerald. And the song I chose was "How High the Moon," and this was the song that made me go, "Damn." Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've heard of Ella Fitzgerald, you know, my whole life. You know, it's just getting the task in, all the, you know. But the minute I heard How High the Moon, 
that turned my whole world upside down. I mean, I, that made me understand how great this woman is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. She went on. She improv. She just went straight through. And then, I mean, I, this song, it just turned me around. It tur- turned me totally around. Somewhere there's music. How faint the tune. Somewhere there's heaven. How high the moon. There is no love when love is far away too. Till it comes true that you love me as I love you. You go. Your turn. Well, you know, I. I went through, I, I always say it's the same thing. How I fell in love with her is that it was the songbook collection that came out. Um, they were, they were, there was someone who really said, you know, she's worth uh, listening to. They reissued, uh, cleaned up um, all the recordings and put out these phenomenal uh, CDs um, that, in fact, every single CD is like a brilliant you know piece of work. And this is really the songbook collection. It's the... Um, the poster child of all amazing Cole Porter songs or, um, you know, Rogers and the Hammerstein. And, and it's just brilliant. So when I looked for my song, my, 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 uh, my, my take on her is that like when I looked at the songbook collection, when I picked Ella Fitzgerald, I couldn't pick a number, a song. I could not pick say, this is the definitive right. song because they're right. The, the collections themselves are fantastic. And, um, it's just, it's just a. I don't know. I don't have to sit there and figure out like who she is. I just know that she connects with me in a certain way where I just feel like it's a warm blanket. I feel very comfortable. I feel. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like I don't really need to know her background of who she was and how she was raised. I just know that what she's doing is is wonderful and and it, it's uh, never get tired of it. I know that now you start with the song books and then you work your way back into her collection. And, you know, she was one of the hardest working women of all time and the things that she's willing to do and what she did uh, oh. is just, just brilliant. Just amazing. So we both agree on that. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Darnell Miller, thank you very much for joining me today at Something Came From Baltimore. Now you have a new EP out called Jesus and Jameson. We are going to feature that in an upcoming segment of Something Came From Baltimore. So stay tuned.